It's National Signing Day across the college landscape, and Locked On has you covered with the latest for your favorite college teams. I'm Jordan Black, and it is time to take a look at the class for Florida. Alongside recruiting expert John Garcia, we welcome in Brandon Olson of Locked On Gators. Now, Brandon, there's been a lot of negative chatter surrounding this class of 2023 for the Gators and Billy Napier, but kind of take us through some of the positives and some of the things that we should be looking forward to for this 2023 class. Yeah, a um, lot, lot of public L's just just throughout. Thanks a lot to Miami. Um, that was that was super dope. Appreciate that from them. But I mean, you filled up a class with receivers throughout, DBs throughout, a D line throughout. You brought in players who are going to immediately contribute for your team, and that's something where Billy Napier showed up for 2022, brought in his recruiting class, brought in his transfer class. And there were a lot of immediate contributors. You could look at Shamar James, Trevor Etienne, all guys who played instantly, Chris McClellan, Devin Moore. And that's going to happen even more for 2023 because 2022 is Billy Napier's hired. And now he's scrambling to put together a class where 2023, he's been able to work with these guys and, and recruit them long-term and develop a relationship and figure out really who he's bringing to Gainesville. So I think that's the biggest thing where, there's going to be a lot of true freshman contributors seemingly year in, year out in Gainesville. And while you take public L's, especially to Miami, uh, you picked up a lot of immediate contributors. John, from your perspective nationally, one of the things that Billy Napier is known for is securing a, a staff around him that can recruit and, and he himself can do that. Has he done that with this staff and, and has he proven it with this class? Where does this class rank um, on the national landscape and, and in the SEC? Yeah, that was probably one of the things you wouldn't be as worried about when Billy Napier's hired, right? What kind of staff is going to be under him with his experience at Alabama, Clemson, I mean, even going you know out to the West Coast, He's been around a lot of great minds that have assembled talent in a lot of different ways. Uh, so that was really one of the few worries uh, from a Florida perspective. And and this group uh, that that they've just signed officially in December and, and February kind of proves that. It's got nice variants from a positional perspective, heavy D-line, wide receiver, DB numbers. But then you've got some outliers. You went into Louisiana, as you would expect, coming from the Raging Cajuns program. You went into Alabama and plucked an elite prospect in a Kelby Collins. And then closer to home, you kind of maintain that Gator standard of, hey, we're going to contend for the very best in the state. The Gators dominated the Orlando Metro, which has really always been important uh, to, to Gainesville, to UF in general. And then uh, key recruiting battles throughout the state at wide receiver, um, they came up a positive again there as well. So I, I think it was a nice combination of elements from Billy Napier. And this is a really good recruiting class. Like Brandon said, a lot of these guys are going to be counted on pretty much the moment they arrive in Gainesville. And, and I think when you are transitioning, you expect it out of necessity. But when you get into year two, three, four, and you're still having those instant impact players, it's because they're just really darn good players. So I think beyond the the big negative perceptions around Florida at different points, if you look at the class as a whole, especially if you throw in the portal, this is a really nice group for Florida, and, and they should, in theory, be better positioned to contend in 23. Well, John mentioned the portal. So, Brandon, take us through some of those key pickups that Florida had there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you start with quarterback. You know, you brought in Graham Mertz after losing Anthony Richardson to the NFL draft. You brought in 
both Cameron Jackson and Caleb Banks to replace Javon Dexter, who also went to the NFL draft. Osiris Torrance, All-American, best guard in the country, according to PFF. He went to the NFL draft, and what did Billy Napier do? He brought in Micah Miskua, who is, according to PFF, the second best guard in the country in 2022. Linebacker, lost Ventrell Miller and Amari Bernie. You brought in Deuce Spurlock, who's probably going to be more of a, a later contributor, but Taraja Mitchell from Ohio State is going to play immediately. Manny Nunnery from Houston is going to play immediately and is already from a very similar defense schematically. So you lost quite a few players to the NFL draft, but every time you replace them with an immediate contributor. And in most cases, you also brought in someone who will eventually replace that player. But the big question, what is going on with the quarterback room? Take us through that situation in that position. That's a good question <laughs> because I don't think anybody knows the answer, but Graham Mertz is coming in to compete for the starting compete for the starting quarterback job with Jack Miller, the thirties, most likely going to get that because you don't come from a three-year starter at Wisconsin and come to Florida to not start. So the expectation is Graham Mertz is your starter. Jack Miller, the third will compete with him and push him. And then behind them, you've got only one other scholarship quarterback. And guess what? He's playing baseball right now. Max Brown is a dual sport athlete. He's now playing for the Gators baseball team. So you've got two scholarship arms. You brought in two preferred walk-ons in Parker Lisey and Jordan Guile. And I like them both. You know, you're, you're adding in a preferred walk-on. If they can contribute in any way, then that's a big win. And Florida even added per- preferred walk-ons who got scholarships here when they had the availability, like they just did it with starting kicker Adam Mahalik is now a scholarship player. So you're bringing in players who you're, you're just throwing darts at the board at this point, and, and you're trying to get people who can come in and functionally operate your offense where you're not going to find Anthony Richardson anywhere in the portal in high school recruiting. But if you can find someone who could complete those curls and complete those digs better than Anthony Richardson could, you're going to get the same amount of production. It's just you're getting it in a different way, and I think that's the thing that's getting – very off, like easily overlooked with what Graham Mertz is going to bring to this team. John, we talked about a, a number of positives with this class, and there are a few or a couple position groups that stand out to you. Can you take us through those groups and and why they're special? Yeah, as we highlighted earlier, I mean, the defensive line group is is a stalwart group in and of itself. I mean, I think Kelby Collins is as good of an interior modern pass rusher as there is in this class. He did it at a high level in the Birmingham area of Alabama, and I think he'll bring that uh, over to Gainesville. And then you had a nice group beyond him of, of variants. You had guys who could work inside out and then projects like a Cameron James who maybe two, three years down the line develops into an all-SEC guy, though right now much more raw kind of a ball of clay that you want to mold in the right direction. So you have volume and variance between those defensive linemen. Love the secondary group. Uh, Jakeem Jackson was a guy that Miami really tried to flip there at the 11th hour. Alabama, a couple other schools really got involved here. A big stock riser, but Florida had him early. So early identification, and then you held on when everyone else came calling. So I think that was a big deal. He could be the best defensive player, period, that Florida has, has signed in this class. And then offensively, I, I love the receiver room. You, you talk about variants. You, you've got Aiden Mizell, your big linear speedster. Eugene Wilson, your explosive NFL legacy slot receiver. And then the guy who just does everything well, Andy Jean from Miami Northwestern. Another one, former Miami commitment. That was a really big recruiting win that you held off the Canes and others for. Polish, hands, 
route running, enough speed, and a great frame to contribute early on as well. So I really like that wide receiver room in particular. And you think of Florida as a whole, that was not a strength of that 2022 Florida Gator roster. So I think some of those young guys are going to have an opportunity right away. So that was a big need that was addressed. Um, and you did it in-state. All three of those guys, big in-state recruits, big wins against your in-state rivals. Those are the boxes you got to check if you're Florida's head coach. And again, those were checked early on in this class, but some of the bigger negative stories pulled away from that perception. But when you zoom out, this is a really great group headed to Gainesville. So let's go ahead and grade this class of 2023 for the Florida Gators. And John, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, quarterback was the only you know, tangible miss, but look, circumstances, uh, kind of bizarre. Let's be honest, right? NIL, um, another N word. I mean, this was, this was a bizarre quarterback board for Florida. Uh, you had two good ones committed at different points, different elite 11 talents. Um, it didn't work out for whatever reason. So you got to reshuffle the deck there. So I think that probably docks you down into the B range. Cause that was a huge need with or without an Anthony Richardson. Um, but look, they hit it in the portal. They've already got their guy in 2024. One of the best, maybe the best dual threat quarterback in that class and DJ Lagway. So it's a miss today, but looking forward, it's one of those things that's been corrected immediately. That's another mark of a good staff. But I'll, I'll take it down to the B-plus range only because of that. And close us out, Brandon, with your trade. Yeah, I was I was going to say B-plus, which is why I'm annoyed that John said B-plus because I'm like, damn, now it looked like I just took his grade. Um, and it, this isn't school. I don't copy that. But I will say it, it, it's similar to what John said. It's like, yeah, public perception was bad, quarterback was bad but you got legitimate contributors everywhere else you built an entire secondary an entire defensive line group just from this one class where 2024 2025 2026 is going to be all these guys that you brought in this year are going to be your primary players at those positions and yeah you you took some losses you probably could have had more linebackers, which you got three in the portal. You could have had more offensive linemen, which you brought in two in the portal. You could have, or three in the portal, actually. You could have brought in other players from high school, but you have immediate contributors and long-term growth. And outside of quarterback, you have player and tight end, which they only even attempted to really go for a couple, but you brought in players at every position where you need talent and you have now a long-term roster where if you just keep doing this and keep essentially building a new roster every year you are going to find sustained success especially when you look at from top to bottom florida didn't have a lot of top tier players that they brought in this year but they had a lot of players from that 50 to 150 range and i think one player outside of the top 500 and i'll take quality any day especially when you go quality and quantity, I'll take that seven days a week.